It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, Meg Herber, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, Meg, and Bill. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Industry Insider, the promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA along with uh, three other people today, actually. Two you are very familiar with, uh, Meg Erber with SNS Activewear, Steve McFadden with uh, Perfect Promotions and more. And then we have Ooh. a special guest. If you're joining live and you're watching us live, whether it be on Facebook uh, live at uh, Promo Show PC on Facebook, or if you're watching on promoshow.com live, uh, we've got special guest Danny Rosen in the house. What's up, Danny? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, no worries. So as I mentioned, promo show, uh, they're going to be our sponsors for today, guys. So uh, ultimately, look, uh, it's the industry's first virtual uh, only virtual trade show. Uh, and basically, there's over 130 suppliers exhibiting on there. And since its inception back on March 24th, there's been over 7,100 unique visitors accounting for over 30,000 page views. So you do the math. If you're not on there, you're missing out big time. If you're a supplier and you're not exhibiting, get with the program. If you're a distributor and you haven't gone in there to sort of chat with your, uh, your favorite promotional product suppliers, I highly recommend that you do it. Uh, it's where you're going to get all of the uh, beautiful information, all the news and updates on new products and everything like that. Hey, look, we're living in a very fluid marketplace right now, so it's probably a pretty good idea to figure out what's out there. Uh, that being said, welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. And uh, how is everybody? We'll start with Meg. What's, what's new? Oh, I wasn't ready, <laughs> even though I've been sitting here. Uh, no, everything's really good. Things have kind of like even themselves out. Um, been booking some fun guests for the next couple of weeks. We have Danny here, which I'm so excited. Um, when we were putting this spreadsheet together, um, Jeff had suggested Danny and I was like, yes, I like highlighted it in green. I'm like, perfect. I'm super sweet. Yeah, don't, so uh, I'll let everyone else talk, but I'm like really excited to hear what you've been up to. Yeah, Danny is our first official special oh, yeah. guest of the podcast. Feel, feeling uh, feeling um, very excited and maybe slightly concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to Probably. just sound like I was anti-Danny uh, based on me. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said Danny, I was like, no way. No, oh, no. <laughs> Can't have that guy. Arm wrestle. <laughs> Too much Danny. Yeah. So anyhow, um, just wanted to, uh, you know, say welcome, Danny, we've got several questions that we'd love to just sort of ask you and get your feedback uh, just so that, so that uh, everybody sort of knows, like if they don't know who you are, could you just give us like a quick background on who you are, what you're doing and sort of where your involvements are in the industry? Yeah, I've been in the industry for 30 years. Um, I partnered with my best friend growing up, Robert Fiveash. We started this thing called Brand Fuel, um, and uh, it was with a screen printer before that. Um, and all of this stuff is a culmination in, of um, me, I guess, hustling T-shirts when I was in college at Carolina, selling anti-Duke T-shirts uh, to, uh, to to fund the college experience as best I could. Um, fast forward, you know decades later and uh you know brand fuel is is humming along and um enjoying what we're doing uh i think our, our business is really focused on um on doing a lot of things but also uh, service is an important aspect of, of our business and from a leadership standpoint 
I'm involved in uh, leading on the board at PPAI, um, start an organization called Band Together, raises money for a different cause every year uh, through live music, help start Promo Kitchen, um, mentorship and education, help start Promo Cares, all about giving back in the industry. Um, I could say Danny, Danny, things. Danny, Danny, it's like a 20 to 30 minute podcast, okay? Like, <laughs> give, give us. Not you, Danny, okay? <laughs> you asked an open ended question. I'm in trouble. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you know, Meg, uh, you know, Stephen, if you guys have any uh, yeah. particular questions that you'd love to ask, I'd be more than happy to, to sort of have you guys, you know, ask and then or ask away and then we'll just sort of, you know, have some debate or dialogue. One of my I think, biggest questions, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are curious about that, um, you know, being on the board there had to have been a, a call made or an email that came across that, you know, where everyone realized, you know, what we're going through is pretty serious and drastic steps need to be made. I'm just, you know, without obviously going too much into the weeds, what was, what was that like? And like, what, what was the decision that led to obviously just the announcements and the conferences and the trade shows and just the industry action you guys all took, which was, which was fairly swift and, and well thought out, but obviously it was, it was, a, I'm sure a situation unprecedented and something you guys had to go through pretty quickly. I'm just curious if you want to take us in the backs, uh, back door a little bit and tell us a little bit what, what went down. Yeah, I think in most boardrooms, there's this kind of mentality of what happens in the boardroom stays in the boardroom. Sure. Um, with PPAI being uh, a nonprofit and, um, and being really focused on membership value. And, and I think there's a lot of openness. So I think the idea was how do we, um, you know, address the issues that are hitting you know, distributor suppliers, um, you know, the, all of the different entities that are involved in membership, uh, but also how do we look at the overall industry and then the association, which is not a distributor supplier and, and how do we uh, protect and grow during this time. So I think about um, what happened in the beginning, I, you know, I think of three words that really come to mind. Uh, the calmness was amazing. I think the smart decisions and I think the difficult decisions, those three things. Staff leadership, Paul, Alan, Bob, um, they pretty much steered the ship. They were fantastic. Ira Neiman, who is um, our board chair right now, super calm and measured, has been through a lot of this stuff before. Um, we started uh, with that first, you know, sort of call to action meeting where we typically have meetings every month or every other month. Uh, now we have weekly meetings. Um, we created triggers around if this happens, then we do that, which I think was really smart. Uh, which I think was uh, where you start to see events being canceled or postponed. All of those were very, very uh, well thought out and I will say debated topics. Um, and I think we did the right thing looking back and I'm proud of the decisions we made. Um, we're well capitalized, which is good. I think everybody should know that. Um, I think the future is, is not promising in terms of, of revenue generation growth right now for PPAI. Uh, but it is, part, I think, really promising in terms of PPI remaining really what I think we would all consider the glue that binds this industry together. Um, personnel changes have occurred to reflect the financial position and I think the future. And that those are tough decisions. But I got a question for you guys um, about this. And, and this is the one that's on the table right now. It's regarding Expo in January. I was going to ask you. We were going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, well, here, here's one. I'll throw it back at you and we'll, we'll talk it through. 
And, sure. and for listeners, I think, uh, you know, on Facebook Live, let's let's hear what they think. I think there's a question around Expo in January. If, if Expo is the thing that um, is really a major revenue driver for PPAI uh, and we exist, you know, I think the question now is, do will the average person, not you guys, but will the average person travel, you know, spend the money considering the, the investment there, as well as risk themselves, you know, because there's no um, cure right now. Um, we don't have a vaccine. So risk themselves if we don't have that vaccine in place. Would you guys you think people will go? So I'll hop in first real quick. Um, it's a, it, this is a really tough question because we I really wanted to gauge your what your views were, but obviously you're getting it from us. When Let me kind of like revert back to the ISS show because this was supposed to happen like a week before this all really, or a week after this all started taking place and we were kind of up in arms, like, what do we do? What do we do? Um, I, the week prior to ISS, I had gone to Boston, um, which was a hot spot. I didn't even know. And for a volleyball tournament, and there was about 30 to 40,000 people there. I, I don't even, I'm not even sure. It was so well handled as far as um, the amount of like hand sanitizer, or, I mean, they were manning every railing, every escalator with a constant stream of disinfectant. There was a hand sanitizer station at every volleyball court, every door entry, every bathroom. Um, I, I didn't get sick. I don't know if anyone even got sick. So it was handled very well prior to there being this huge quarantine. Um, so when ISS came up, I'm like, listen, I don't, I don't know if we should be doing this, everybody. Like, I don't like, if anything, we need to have hand sanitizer wipes at our, at our booth, like at the very least. And I couldn't find them anywhere. And this was a week before the pandemic even really hit hard, hit our industry hard. Um, so if something like that was going to happen and if we did have it, I think people would only show up knowing that we were prepared like that. Um, having just hand sanitizer stations, every booth, every, every aisle, um, constant stream of disinfectant on every handrail. Um, I don't, but I still don't know. I, I mean, there's people that are just really hurting. And I think a lot of people are waiting for this industry to open back up. I think people are, want to get back to work. I feel like deep down people want to go, but they're on the fence. Like, is it safe? Is it going to be worth my time? Are people going to even be there? Yeah. So, Steven, your thoughts? Answer, but... Yeah, I've got, I got two thoughts on it. Um, like what, what I, you know, provided everything's open and Vegas is open, you know, cause that's a, that's obviously the first step. Um, but there's really two things, you know, I need to look at. And one is, you know, what type of value will the conference have if a lot of, you know, a lot of why we go is the, the, the relationship building. Um, you know, I think that's first and foremost, but a lot of folks go, not just myself, but others to see what's new. You know, I think that's not a not always a great strategy, but I think that's why a lot of people do go. And if a lot of the products that were new in January are still going to be new next January because, you know, whether it be inventory or new product launches are just delayed or canceled. Yep. You know, will some of those people decide, you know, what was new last year is still new right now because we weren't even able to sell it or show it um, or inventory is just not coming in in the fall. Um, from my perspective, you know, I, I really want to, be able to see some of these folks again, you know, be able to, you know, obviously thank them for the, the adjustments they've made with their individual companies to help us with certain orders and projects and get creative with different solutions. So there's that. Um, but would I send my full team? I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I think that's the other thing too. I think there'll be reduced amount of people that would go even from bigger companies and whether that's just because we're, 
we're still healing, you know, because we want to be smart with how much we're spending to send people there. And so maybe it's not sending the whole sales team. Maybe it's just sending key individuals, um, which I think in, in the turn would help to Meg's point, make it even a safer event if there's less people, because you could space out booths or you can provide barriers or, you know, it, I think if, if it's well-prepared, I still think there's a good core people, amount of people that would go. I think some of the folks that are smaller are hurting or are going just for new products may or may not. Um, I think that's kind of up in the air. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of that pushback now with our product preview coming up and all of our new products coming in. I mean, I don't even know if my competitors are even putting out catalogs for next year. Like that's where we're at right now. So why new, no new catalogs? Because there's no new product coming in right this second. It's tough. I mean, nothing's official. So don't take my word as the golden rule on that, but you heard it here first. SNS is coming out with no new products for all. No, no. <laughs> Definitely not the case. <laughs> yeah. So be- before I sort of give my opinion, I just want to, uh, you know, make com- make note of uh, some of the comments that are coming through on Facebook. Uh, first of all, Mandy Rudd uh, happens to say that uh, Danny, we could make an entire podcast out of all the achievements and things that you've contributed to the industry. So thank you for that. And she's 100% correct. Um, Bill Petrie says that he thinks that people will for sure risk themselves as long as there are measures in place, hand sanitizers everywhere, masks, et cetera, basically, or or because uh, as humans, we crave normalcy. So sort of uh, echoing what Meg had said, um, Tom Clauser agrees with Bill. Uh, Susan Bolsky says that it's, uh, it seems that many had it at Expo and are okay uh, with protocols in place for 2021. She thinks that people will be there. Uh, Mandy Rudd also chimed in again, uh, promo FOMO. And safety aside, uh, what about the economic part? Will companies be able to afford the expenses uh, uh, associated with exhibiting and attending expo, suppliers and distributors alike? Uh, so that being said, uh, my personal opinion on it, I think it's it's sort of an unknown, Danny, because I think where we're at now, like with with the first wave of this thing um, going through, I I think it'll be cleaned up and clear long enough, you know, prior to expo that it wouldn't be an issue. But I know the big concern is that there would be a second round or a second wave of this thing. And if that's the case, that's when you've got to really sort of question it. Now, you know, I know with all the recent studies and things that are coming out with, you know, most, most of the transmissions happening from, you know, 25 to 50% of people being asymptomatic, um, you know, that being the case, you know, the death rate is, a hell of a lot less than what we actually think it is because so many more people have it and are asymptomatic or very mildly symptomatic that they don't ever even get tested. So uh, the numbers are a little bit skewed. And I think the more tests that come out, the more, you know, now they're testing for antibodies that I guess, you know, people have either had uh, not an immunity, but I guess an immune response, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so they're testing for that. I think with all the tests and measures that are coming out and I think with, you know, precautions, like if, if, you know, PPAI provides face masks for people, um, you know, I think if there's hand sanitizers everywhere, uh, there's, there's definitely some things that can be put in place. And I think people will be there. I think it'll be less attended than it has in the past. Um, but you know, I, I think, you know, yeah. And just in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think there would be plenty, plenty enough people that would want to come and that would be there to still go on with it, provided, you know, the current situation stays as it is. And we get past this because I'm already starting to see like sort of that curve. Like if you're checking your local states or municipalities with like how they're tracking the coronavirus and you're, you're actually watching the curve, we're actually we've already hit you know, the, the elongated peak, at least in Maryland, and it's starting to downward slope now. So 
Uh, hopefully it continues that way. Hopefully this thing is, you know, uh, in the rear view mirror and we're starting to just uh, go pedal to the metal and get this thing gone and over with. Um, but again, there's that possibility of a resurgence, uh, you know, as a second wave, uh, as the Southern hemisphere is sort of entering winter. So, um, I don't know if that really answers your question. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, I would just, I would say two more things. One is, and we didn't bring it up, but, um, one of the questions that, uh, that we all asked each other was if, if there were temperature checks at every station, when you walk in, so people could be checked, um, to go on the floor, if you're healthy, um, that would be one more precaution that we're looking at. So there's all kinds of things like that. Um, and so, uh, you know, the safer for when I go home to my family, I'm all yeah. about, it. and I, and I think you extra will encourage people to show up hundred yeah. percent. I think so too. And I think these are the things we're wrestling with. Obviously we're all over the board here and on, on the Facebook responses are helpful. Keep them coming. You've got suggestions. Let us know, see what's going on in other industries and associations. We're keeping an eye on that. I think whatever happens, it's going to be a very different expo, but I also think it's going to be an amazing expo. Yeah. Uh, we're preparing uh, for all of it, all of it. So you might be have a hybrid situation where it's some virtual and, uh, and, and some of it will be in person and, and smaller, but mightier. Um, and then one more point, uh, Maggie mentioned, um, you know, that a lot of suppliers probably aren't able to invest in new product right now. I will say that what gets distributors like Steven and I going again is when, you know, Headwear USA and, and SNS, they do research and development, bring out new products because every one of our customers asks us every time what's new, what's hot, you know, what, what's working now uh, yeah. is really the question we should be asking. So it's hard to double down suppliers on research and development, bringing new products to life, but that's going to be the kick in the pants. I think the industry needs in a lot of ways. That's really sure. good. I will definitely pass that along. I know we are doing it at some, at some level. I just don't know. I'm not included in it. So, but I will definitely pass that information along because I think that is a, a huge driving point for many distributors. Awesome. You familiar with, you guys familiar with Zorbing in uh, New Zealand where everyone's in those big, big bubbles? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we should do that. Like a Zorb <laughs> conference. Hey, <laughs> Danny, there's an idea for what, what do you got? What do you, what does PPI call it when the, uh, when they send out the text message to people, like instead of doing like the dog, the petting, you know, the petting zoo, whatever, or goat, yeah. goat yoga or whatever, <laughs> you do exactly what Steven just said. Hey, come on, bubble boys, let's go. And you just set up like a ring with those, with those things. Just let people go at it. Bubble races on aisle like 1300 (laughs) at one o'clock. Or there's a virus outbreak on aisle 4280. Yeah. Evacuate. Oh my God. So just wanted to also chime in. Jay Jay Shaplin uh, chimed in and has a a little bit of a different uh, take on it. he says that he thinks that uh, everybody's smart enough to be safe at the shows. Uh, the travel is where I see more of an issue. Uh, he'll drive to Expo East, uh, but since since he can drive, but flying in a hotel in Las Vegas is not happening. Um, you know, don't go to Expo East because we canceled it. Yeah, don't go. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> it's but really spaced I, I think he's out just, though. From I think he's just saying no one there. Lo- yeah. locale wise, like you know, if it were yeah. if that were still going, like that that would be something that would be feasible. But you know, to go completely across the country because Jay is sure. in in Maryland, uh, East Coast. So. Um, not, not to digress, did you see what they're looking at doing for some of the airline travel? Like they, yeah. with the partition systems and oh, some of yeah. the shades and it's pretty wild. They're, they're looking into doing like, it's like partitions in between the glass, the seats and possibly turning some seats and having like shields and stuff. And hmm. it's, it's pretty wild. 
They, and, and something needs to happen because those airplanes are just filthy. And I, my college daughter, my college aged daughter was still in Florida up until last week. And she, at, at that point, she finally hit her like, okay, I'm ready to come home. But she had to drive because she has a cat. So <laughs> that's her fault. Yeah, I know. Right. That's what I said. So my year old who was out of school um I like fully hazmatted her and she flew down there but um I packed her like rubber gloves face masks and I made her FaceTime me when she got on the airplane I'm such a psycho yeah, and, mom of the year. Um, I made her show me that she was wiping down the seats this everything and then I said show me everybody on the plane next to you so I can be like you're dealing with <laughs> so um and then they they got home but everyone's fine now and I'm just really glad to have everyone home but I, I don't know if they're what they're doing and I don't want any of my children. I, I was like sick to my stomach with fear. Like, what have I done? Did I make the right choice? But they're home. They're not sick. And I'm, I'm just glad that they're all under one house. So I've got six yeah. now. When you walk into an elevator uh, in, in the near future, I think we will have branded. There'll be decals in there. Stand here, face this way. Stand here, face this way. Stand yeah. here, face that way. Fewer people, people in elevators with decals that you stand on. And there's all kinds of new, you know, inventive things that are coming out of this for our industry, which I think is exciting uh, and interesting there, too. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, I, I don't want to um, run out of time without asking. I'd love to hear some of the, uh, you know, some of the good stuff that that you have seen in the, in the, in and around the industry, Danny, I know obviously with involvement with band together and there's uh, all sorts of stuff you guys are with, with cares at, or excuse me, not cares act. That would be different promo cares. Uh, <laughs> I got COVID on the brain. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, uh, any, anything you want to share about some, some good stuff you've seen out there? Cause obviously there's probably a lot. Of- yeah, there's a lot. Um, yeah, PPAI and ASI, do, they do a really good job of covering the good that's happening in the industry. So follow those, um, you know, what's going on there. I think Promo Corner does a fantastic job of telling stories, too, there. Um, I just finished a Promo Kitchen podcast with Johanna Gottlieb um, from Axis. Um, we actually invited someone, a third-party person outside of the industry, uh, to talk to us about um, parenting challenges um, and this person was a certified family counselor. And that was an interesting discussion. Johanna has young kids. I've got two teenage girls and, um, and the wheels have literally fallen off the bus in both, both of our homes. And we're like, we're not alone. We realize that. But how can we d- deliver education and you know, stories from the COVID front lines um, that are maybe outside stories that relate to our industry? So you hear it first. Mm-hmm. And Promo Kitchen is doing a great job with education there. Um, I think also we, we got a little bit of a challenge, and this is a good question for people who are listening. Uh, Promo Kitchen, uh, we started this thing to focus on education and mentorship. So if you're looking to mentor or be mentored, contact promokitchen.org. Uh, but right now we have some capital reserves, and this is a time of need. And so I think um, as we uh, navigate through what we should do with those funds, you know, how do we help others uh, knowing that our mandates are um, education and mentorship? We've talked about, you know, do we do a scholarship for people to take Seth Godin classes or other classes that are outside of the industry? Um, do we help people who have lost their jobs right now? How do we do that? Does that make sense? Is it off brand? But I think we're looking at uh, ways to help there. And so let us know your thoughts. Uh, PPAI board, again, they're doing a great job. I think a high note is instantly, like Paul was great because we kicked this idea around around offering free education, no charge to get certified right now. Take advantage of that. Um, that's, that's a revenue generator for, for PPAI that we said, no, we're, we're not going to accept funds now. We're going to help the industry. I thought that was just beautiful. 
Yeah, that's awesome, actually. Yeah, so take advantage or CAS, MAS, TAS, um, promo cares. Uh, gosh, we're broadcasting stories about the industry rising up uh, to help healthcare workers all the time. Uh, the meet the new products that are coming out, how we're making things in the U.S. and and using um, workforces that, that didn't have jobs before. Um, there's so many great stories around how companies are taking care of employees. And I think that's connected to, um, you know, how we treat our staffs right now and always, um, but it's really going to matter when we reemerge. Um, and I'm not just talking about layoffs. I mean, I think that some of those hard decisions are happening across the board, but really how you're taking care of your staff. So check out the Promo Cares podcast, um, Carrie Cowden and Roger Burnett. Um, they're so uplifting. Okay. And, and you just realize that, you know, you as an individual, um, or your business can be a force for good, even when the bottom line gets threatened. Um, and if you have ideas, subject matter for us, promocares.org is where you go. Um, and I just, I think that just in closing, you know, the good that's going on, I, I feel like this is a time for personal and business transformation. And I've said it before, you will either be a helper or a hoarder um, and you have to choose a lane and uh, people are gonna remember you know, how you managed uh, yourself and your business through all of this and make the hard but most important, the right decisions uh, for people. Take care of people during this time as best you can. Even if you have to lay them off, there's still a way to do it with love and empathy. And, and um, you know, I think that's important during this time because a lot of people are struggling, but there's also a lot of silver linings. So Danny, uh, another question came through from Jay Chaplin. Uh, in regards to what PPI is doing with the education and the certifications. Uh, and he, he wants to know if there's any recertification charges right now. Ooh, I don't know the answer, but if you go to PPAI.org, uh, <laughs> there'll be an answer for you. And my guess is no. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's um, what I, I, I would guess. I don't think so. I think yeah. this is a really an unprecedented time to use that that buzzword now. I think PPAI is doing the right thing. Yeah. So if you log in, like, uh, like Danny said to PPAI.org uh, and then go into the online education portal where you would actually get recertified. If you're logged in and you try to, you know, put that into your card, it'll tell you it's $0 or X amount of dollars, whatever it is. So it should, should, should be up there. And if you have um, hardship, reach out to PPAI. I mean, we're working yep. as best we can. Uh, Shannon Thompson says very good statement. People are going to remember how you acted or reacted during this time for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, Danny, I've got another question for you as well. Uh, just before we wrap up, uh, I know you're sort of involved more in, uh, on an international level as well, uh, with, uh, and I'm probably going to butcher the way that this is actually, uh, pronounced, but, uh, EPAG or EPOG. EPAG. EPA yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that is, uh, basically the, um, the international, uh, what is it again? Inter inter something about premiums and gifts, international partnership. partnership. There you go. International Partnership for Premiums and Gifts. So you guys sort of share information on a pretty regular basis uh, from a global scale. What, what do you yeah. see happening uh, sort of on a global scale with the pandemic and, and what's happening elsewhere? Yeah, um, it's, so IPAG is an amazing group. It's a, it's a collective of organizations representing 32 countries and Brand Fuel is really honored to represent the U.S. Go USA. Um, there we uh, go. Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> um, the, uh, the, you know, we're comparing notes, we're sharing best practices and looking at things on a global scale. Uh, I will say 
out of the gate, we started to um, hear stories uh, that we were hearing in the U.S. You know, uh, several weeks before. So that allowed Brandfuel a little bit to, to participate in some of these early discussions. We're starting to see some things open up in terms of um, business uh, avenues, uh, not just PPE, uh, but but I think there's some really great things that are happening. I think there's a lot of great discussion around, and this is an important point: discussion around um, trustworthy supply chains. Uh, oh my gosh, there's so much craziness out there. Um, yeah, Tanya Allen Gold sent, uh, she had like a, a multi-million dollar order for masks and it was some, you know, hocus pocus thing. Some guy from Nairobi was trying to bilk her for money. Uh, yeah. So beware, beware of the scammers. Stay with your great suppliers, the Headwear USAs and the SNS Agdawares. Um, yes, stay with the suppliers that you know. <laughs> and trust um, and have a relationship with, yeah. Yeah, so that um, impact's really focused on sustainability and that's another point I think is a good one. Um, I think sustainability is the new product safety, you know, where several years ago, um, we created a lot of focus around product safety. I think PPA did a good job leading there and we've really evolved the industry protect and users of, of the products that we sell in the marketplace. But I think sustainable products, things that don't end up in the landfill, or as Jamie Mayer says, brand fill, um, focus on sustainable products, things that will last and be able to be used properly. Um, and then the, the only other thing I would say is um, this thing around IPAG, it, it brings up a thought. Um, Reciprocity Road <clears throat> is another organization that we're a part of that we created um, to bring uh, distributors together to leverage, you know, sort of best in class supplier rebates. Um, and those rebates go back to staff um, to support nonprofits like PPEF and Children's Miracle Network and deliver value to suppliers that they don't normally get through rebate groups. But this idea that we're like sort of open source planning um, and sharing and, and um, this power of uh, togetherness right now uh, has been a super great theme for both organizations, IPAG and Reciprocity Road. I think um, organizations that bring each other together uh, to talk openly. Um, I, I was thinking about Brandfuel early in the day when we entered the industry, it was very protectionist and territorial. Uh, now I think there's more collaboration and we need to do more of that. And, and I, and I just want to give a shout out, um, to Steven, uh, you know, he and I are, what are we, 10 miles apart, maybe, which is crazy. Um, but like this idea that, uh, I trust him to come in my business, to talk to my staff. Uh, I think the feeling is mutual. We share, we work together. There's respect. I think we're even friends maybe. Um, you know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. so <laughs> more and more of that for our industry. I mean, this, this idea of having a protectionist mentality and, and I pulled this quote up here real quick. Seth Godin in his blog today said this, he said, without a doubt, short-term market needs are often efficiently filled by short-term selfish behavior Resilience comes from a longer-term and more community-focused outlook. I think that says it right there. So um, you guys bringing people together in a community and talking about these issues uh, is really important. Just more of that. And I think that's how we grow as an industry versus shrink. Awesome. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it. I have it. one last question for you. Yeah. Sure. All right. So what does your DIY haircut look like? Or did we pass all that and we're just letting I'll show, you, I'll show you my bald spot. <laughs> There you oh. go. Well, I was mullet like your coworker, like the yeah. one growing out. Uh, no, I've got I've got children that are willing to cut my hair for me, and they're doing an okay job. Um, That's awesome. That's good. I think I'm, I'm going to be attempting that this week. I think. Yeah. Listen, I 
I actually volunteered my time and my money to fly down to Tennessee and give Bill Petrie a haircut and he refused. <laughs> Can you believe it? Can you his believe it? looks phenomenal. I, I know. I, I don't know great. what his problem is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have a, uh, a closing funny question for everybody. Uh, when, you're on a, when you're on a Zoom call, uh, which percentage of time do you spend looking at your own picture as opposed to the uh, <laughs> the, the person talking? <laughs> I always pin my, pin my own profile. I mean, I like, I'm beautiful. <laughs> uh, I, I tend to look at the person that's talking. Yeah, uh, sure I think, do. Danny, was that, did you just smooch yourself? Is that what I, I just saw there? Nice. <laughs> no tongues. Very good. Yes. Very good. I guess mine all depends on what screen it's on. And I'm trying to like look at you or them or whatever. So I got it on the right screen today. So I can look at myself and everybody, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, so, uh, just going back sort of, uh, real quickly and then we'll end it, but Bill, Bill, uh, did chime in and say that crisis will always reveal character. And I know that's something he's been saying for the last, uh, last couple of weeks for sure. And, uh, it's true, you know, just sort of going back to, uh, you know, how you treat people right now in this time will always be remembered sort of in line with what, uh, Shannon Thompson had said and, uh, sort of what we're all echoing for sure. I mean, I think it, you know, crisis does for sure reveal character. Um, so, you know, just treat your people, right. Be good. Uh, put more good out in the world and, uh, you know, pay it forward, that type of thing. Um, any, any closing remarks? I'm good. All right. <laughs> no, silence. Just, silence you. is definite. Yeah. No, I think people get bored hearing me, but just thank you for I'd having me. I'd love to find the, uh, having me. Go ahead. I was just saying thank you for having me. It's nice to be, uh, no, not I'm only a guest, but the first you. guest. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you taking the time to be I, here. I wish there was busy. a platform to, uh, like a virtual trade show or something though. You know if there's anything out there? Uh, well, you know there might be this thing called promoshow.com. I don't know if Stephen, have you have you logged oh, in there at all? Um, it's this great. I have to check it out. Yeah. It's this great virtual only uh, trade show uh, website that you can go to, put on by Promo Corner. Believe it or not. And uh, that's actually where you can find us broadcasting live. If you're if you're not viewing live and you're listening to this on Monday pre-recorded, um, put it on your calendar right now because in two days on Wednesday, since you're listening to this on Monday. Uh, Come join us on promo show. Yeah, this is a this is a future mind uh, mind twist, mind bend. All right. Uh, now listen, promoshow.com. Uh, it is a phenomenal online only virtual uh, or virtual only trade show. 130 suppliers on there and growing. Uh, there's been over 71,000 unique uh, uh, unique viewers uh, coming in or unique users, and uh, accounting for over 31,000 page views. So there's definitely a lot of traction going on there. Tune in and. Uh, with that being said, goodbye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, guys. Take care. Yep. Thanks, Bye. Danny. Appreciate you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.